Oh, what was that? What are we doing? Go on, go on, go on. It sounds like something you find in your penis. Oh, God. <laughs> I got my feet in cement. I got my head in the clouds. You might call me demented, but I am too damn proud. I got a hunger for something outside the status quo. So pull up your chair. Oops. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be this show if it didn't have a technical fuck-up. Well, it's about as quality up. as we're going to get. All right, someone talk. Hi there. Hey there. Hello there, white ladies. It's Why me, you... white power Wanda Wisdom, coming to you live from my boudoir in my southern slave plantation in the heart of Dixie. That's white with a why, don't forget. Lady Antebellum. Because I am a feminist. Worldwide white Wanda. Right. Um, so here we are. We're back. We're back, sort of. Um, we don't we even are. know who we are. Well, I don't know who I am, and Reagan knows who he is, but does Wanda I feel like Brad... Reagan's the only one that knows who he is. Yeah, this is a problem. Are you Brad or Wanda? I don't know. What would you prefer? What are you paying for? I think I'm going to be I, me. I think a lo- I like a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Because I do that's that. how I, that's how, whenever I'm talking to okay. either of you or posting a message to either of you on Facebook or Twitter, I sometimes say match. I sometimes say Richard. I sometimes say Wanda. I sometimes say Brad. So why not? Okay. Um, you're, Skype, maybe Skyping out Reagan. One sounds f- fine or bread, whatever. So, what does know. Skyping out mean? It means it's like you're talking and just like that. But now it's okay. Okay. Now it's okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you fine. I think some of it might be noise cancellation. You know how it tries to not let us talk over each other. Got it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll be me. Which is who? <laughs> Who's me? I don't know if I want to use my real name. I have to get a job. Well, I don't think you're going to say anything too offensive here. I remember when I was in junior high school, I was a part of the Jewish Community Center Texas Teen Tour. Mm -hmm. And we traveled around to all of these children hospitals and the Ronald McDonald House where they have these severely, uh, how would you put it, Wanda? Retarded. Uh, yeah, I think you. you can say retard if it's okay. French. If Ret- you do it with an accent on the R, okay. I think it's not offensive. Okay. okay. So that's who we went to see. Yeah. And they were actually not very nice as an audience. They, were, they would eat and yell while we performed. But one of our songs was called Why Am I Me? Why Am I Me? Did you have and puppets? No, we didn't have puppets. We were just, I mean, we were for middle school students so we were the puppets skin they, puppets it, we had a guy the director created songs for us and i remember there was this guy named ian and he's i remember him singing am i ian and his voice was breaking and then i said why am i reagan and then we all sang together why am i me why am i me why why am i me why am i me as retarded people threw eggs and tomatoes at us you know, I um, find that you are actually kind of similar to Auntie Vera Charles when you tell stories. Did you know that, Reagan? How so? Because that, that was a long story. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what happens right. when you get sober. Yeah. Are you sober? Mm-mm. <laughs> I still drink. I just, I really don't drink You moderate. Much. You moderated. So you're like a normal person. Right. <laughs> You still get fucked up the what... ass? Huh? Do you still get fucked up the ass? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Are you getting uh, <clears throat> cornholed right now? <laughs> Not as we speak, no. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, would y'all like to hear that? <laughs> Um, not really, no. I remember that gay sexcapades long, a long time ago. Oh, gosh. That has come and went. It's been a, it's been a while in the world of podcasting, hasn't it? For us, it's yeah. been a long time. 
I think we last, when did we last do a show? I think it was 2011 and about um, springtime, around this time of year, I would say. Right, but no, yes. before Reagan went to schools, and um, and and then I Reagan school ended. I went to France, and then the whole thing just fizzled after that. And uh, yeah, but was why did we come back? It was really Reagan's uh, sort of effort that made this happen because I really was just not giving a shit about much, and I didn't don't think Bradley Wanda Turd was. White. No, I, uh, I, um, although I, I see this is what I love about Eat This Hot Show is that there's always somebody who will get like a bug up their ass and then the other two are like, okay, why not? Sure. And right. that's sort of like the spirit that's kept us alive for so long and the fact that we're still here because when you mentioned it, I thought, well, yeah, why not? I'm yeah. not so busy that I can't stop what I'm doing to talk with my two favorite man lady, lady men, I'm ladies. Gonna, I'm just going to be Richard. Because for now, and you know why? I have a reason for this. Maybe we should talk about identity here. I know Reagan likes to talk about identity because it's scholarly. But um, was that your dog or mine? Oh, my God. We all have dogs now. Um, I don't have a dog. Oh, you're not a lesbian. Oh, neither am I anymore. Anyway, um, I don't know. I feel like um, my need for character has changed. And... I feel like as gay people get, and this is not specific to me, but I just feel like in general, as gay people have become more mainstream, where, you know, people are accepting us, it just, it's changing like crazy right now, you know, with all the gay marriage becoming legal in so many states, and I really see everything changing, and I feel like as we become more accepted as gay men, I personally don't feel as much of a need to hide behind a female persona, and I don't know, maybe that'll sound a little bit wrong or controversial or something, but I don't know. I just feel like, as 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 a whole, I feel like drag is kind of losing its necessity, like kind of like uh, minstrel shows uh, and the blacks. I don't like well, that maybe comparison. It's, okay. Well, maybe it's just, it, I mean, I, I don't have a very erudite answer because I'm just now hearing this thought, so I'm mm. forming my thoughts as I speak, which is par for the course. But I, I think that it depends on what you're using the voice for, and I think that there is still a place for it, but I think that... Sorry. I think that there's also a place for it to not be uh, does that make sense so like the places that because i don't do my daily podcast anymore i've brought back my podcast as wanda um occasionally so i'm hoping i can do it maybe once a week maybe every other week but i i like that creative outlet and i like the voice of wanda to to do that and i like to i'm glad that i love wanda i'm glad she is there but mm-hmm. um, I think you're probably right in saying that, you know, why I do it, much like you're saying why yeah. you do it, has either changed or you have different feelings about. Well, now that I hear you, you say it. that, I think I was kind of full of shit what I just said. But I will say, I guess I wanted to use my own personal situation as a way of making, an, a, you know, a, a sort of observation about gay people as, as a whole. Um, no pun intended. Oops. Anyway, go ahead. Reagan, why did you say that you did not like the comparison of drag to minstrel? Minstrel. Well, I am a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I know that may seem like a trite answer at the surface, but that show has really made me appreciate the artistry of drag performance Mm -hmm. and... I don't look at it as something that like minstrel shows were there to make fun. Like black people were the butt of the joke. And I don't think that's the case with drag shows. I just don't. I think, well, I think that there's different audiences for drag though. And people do drag for different reasons. And I think a lot of, I think there is certainly a part of drag that is very stereotypical that, is appealing to a straight audience in a way that, you know, it doesn't for gay people. So in that way, you could probably, I'm sure somebody could find some more uh, uh, 
somebody could do some deep digging and come up with some comparisons. But in terms of, you know, drag queens on the stage at the gay bar doing show for gay people, I don't think that is quite the same as. Yeah. And I certainly don't think that either of you have ever come off as gay face minstrelsy. Well, I mean, you. Yeah, both suffer from pretty extraordinary gay face, but yeah. Well, I, I don't there. mind gay face. I, I don't mind femme. I don't consider myself a femme, but I actually like feminine queens <laughs> or whatever. I do, but isn't it? It's interesting because it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like yeah. this hugely empowering thing, and yet it's a. It's such a. It, it it's the the sissy, if we'll just call yeah. the archetype that is so offensive to so many gay people. There's like an internal just hatred for that stereotype in yeah. some ways but in some ways it's hugely empowering and has been so throughout the years for gay people when gay people you know had no voice that was kind of the only voice that we were allowed to have see i actually kind of like if you talk about my personal taste aside from you know the fact that i tend to you know go for people who don't speak english um i tend to go for people that are more f- effeminate you know, I'm attracted to to that type of guy. And, you know, I feel kind of ashamed to even say that, you know, because it, it's so ingrained, I feel like, in our culture that that's bad. And maybe it's just me. Maybe, I mean, I'm older than you guys, and but you guys are older than the millennial gays, so who knows? I, I think that's just so much in, in this. And see, part of what my issue with drag is, it's not, you know, the fact that, the artistry i'm not talking about that it's there's there's a persona attached like there there is i have seen because i've done a lot of drag myself here uh, i see a lot of people who get on the drag in order to turn the scowl on and just shoot everybody down with like laser beams with their eyes and that's saying they use drag to judge others with yeah like kind of like that that you know what i'm talking about that yeah like throwing shade Mm mm-hmm yeah, like kind all of, of like a sudden you, I mean, you become a woman of, and you become a huge bitch, and that's the point. It's kind of a misogyny in a way. Oh, definitely. Well, there's so much misogyny in the gay community, mm-hmm. and that's been a pretty big topic of conversation on a lot of the blogs that I read. Mm-hmm. And I came out with a blog uh, about a month ago where I flipped that equation and I said, well, number one, that's true. I wanted to acknowledge there's a ton of misogyny in the gay community, but there's also a lot of homophobia, well-intended homophobia in uh, among heterosexual women. That really drives me crazy. Well-intended? What do you mean? It. What do you mean? I hate it, hate it, hate it. So give an example. Well, like when straight women will say, my gays are my gay PFF or my gay husband, because I feel like it's equally objectifying. Mm -hmm. I'm not your anything. And it comes from a good place. I mean, I I don't think that the people who say stuff like my gay BFF or even Kathy Griffin, who always refers to her gays, I don't think it comes from a bad place, but it is what it is. And it doesn't have to come from a bad place or bad intentions for it. Well, I think it was Kathy Griffin. I don't know if it comes from a bad place, but I think it comes from a financial place. I think she knows where her bread is buttered and she she is definitely targeting us and part of her doing that it's not because she's i mean i could see a a a girl you know who's friends with a bunch of gay guys doing that yeah but i wouldn't say necessarily that she's not profit profiting from but that's not really the issue i guess right And, and i think that she has done so much for the gay community that i don't want to discount any of that yeah. This is a heavy conversation to start No, it's off good. With. It's a good conversation, though. I, I think, and it's perfect because we all, the three of us, combined, are sort of, you know, intersect this particular topic. Intersex, honey. I just put a wig on. <laughs> Please. But I think, like the, you know, the form of a man taking on a woman's, you know, putting on that mask is such a. It just allows so many, I don't know, it's it's, it's a device that can be used very powerfully. Mm-hmm. And my fear is sometimes, and this is where I probably will just sound like an old lady and young people will be like, you just don't know what you're talking about. Right. But, you know, just sort of mimicking a woman and trying to be sexy and like humping people on stage. I don't, that has never appealed to me. I've never, been, probably because I'm not good <laughs> at it, but part of me doesn't understand just the art of mimicking something 
you know, like people will, uh, there's a certain kind of drag queen who, you know, God love them. I'd love to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but either I'm not good at it or I just don't understand it. But that doesn't seem like art to me is You're somebody, about lip-syncing. somebody who takes something from that. Like they're a drag performer, you know, like Coco Peru or. Oh, I love Coco Peru. Somebody who takes that character and then does something with the character or even right. has a character and is not just l- making themselves look like a woman and booty shaking on the. Mm-hmm. Sharon you know. Needles would be a really great example of that. Sharon Needles pushes a lot of buttons. She's very mm-hmm. controversial. She dresses up like a Nazi on stage and uses the N word. And well, yes, yeah, she know. got kicked out of. Um, she was sent home from Germany for whatever I don't remember which gay festival it was because she got off the plane and said something about oh she was in Austria and she said I think it was Sharon Needles and she said I'm so glad to be in uh, Hitler's or the birthplace of Hitler and they did not like that and so they sent her packing on the you know the next airline home. Mm. What did they say? What's that line? Irony is lost on stupid people. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that does it for the first episode, guys. Thanks for Thanks. joining us again. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah. I had something I was going to say, and then I got lost. Because I was thinking about Hitler and Sharon Needles getting off a plane. Well, one of, the thing, one of the reasons why I'm glad that y'all are willing to... Because we, when we were on the phone and deciding that we wanted to come back we played around with the idea of wanting to do new things. So not just come back, uh, but come back different, different. And it'll be interesting now that y'all are more yourselves, not that you ever weren't yourselves, but one of my, one of the things that used to make me feel uncomfortable about doing the show is that when people would attack y'all, they were attacking Wanda and they were attacking Madge, but when people would attack me, they were attacking me. And it was very difficult for me to get the idea across of how that wasn't really, it didn't seem fair. Not, and it's not any fault of your own. No, I get it. Um, You know what I'm saying? I get it because Rachel can has, she goes, she's had the same exact issue when she's on with me and it's never been resolved because, because I get to be a character and she doesn't. And she's like, listen, I'm a real person. So, like, I have to take responsibility for what I say, you know. So, I do understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and I will tell you, like, for me, it's been very interesting um, working in radio as Bradley Trainer. My voice is, you know, uniquely different than Wanda Wisdom. And dealing with criticism, I feel like, honestly, the criticism that I got as Wanda actually taught me a lot about how to deal with the criticism I get on the radio. So, you know, when I get, which is ridiculous to think that people, but they do. You mean, what do they say about you? Oh, it's, you know, like, um, Schadenfreude. What do they say about you? What do you mean? (laughs) It's usually that I'm fat and ugly. No, um, (laughs) that's me and Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's the gay thing. You know, um, I don't need to hear this kind of stuff. Like, and I don't talk about gay issues. I mean, you know, but that doesn't matter. It's kind of it, the same thing with my teaching, where people will say too much gay agenda in a class where I never, where I might have one lecture about gay and lesbian theory. And, and it's just the the presence of your body or your voice is enough to make everything you say gay. Yeah, and it's not even overtly homophobic. Like if you read it, it wouldn't be like, oh, that's a gay hater. But you know, having been in a place where I've come across a fair amount of criticism in my day, I can kind of tell when somebody is just uncomfortable with the fact that or they're being lazy enough to just use that as sort of, you know, their crutch. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't, you know, I don't care to get into like cuz I mean it's just I hate to like dwell on people that, you know, bring well, up I've, negative I've energy finally... but but the point for me was in this particular case like i feel like all of the like bizarre weird criticism i got as wanda over the years sort of you know helped me in a way that you know serves me now just i don't even think about it well i've finally found a way to deal with criticism in a way well not deal with criticism maybe uh, work my work my way around criticism. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people. And I think that a lot of people are this way where I could have a hundred people in a room who all love me and one person who hates me. Sure. And I will fixate 
on the person who hates. Are you sure you're not an alcoholic? Because <laughs> that sounds like an alcoholic mentality to me. Not, uh, that, not that I'm allowed to say that, you understand. Right. Why wouldn't you be allowed to say it? I don't know. I can't speak for other people, but uh, I'm just saying that sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. You, always well, fo- I, you always focus on the one person who... Right. M- you know. Most people have that mentality. And so let's take a website like ratemyprofessors.com where students can go and anonymously grade professors that they've had. I used to go to that website periodically, even though I get student evaluations and I know that my students by and large really like me and respond favorably to me. But I would go and anybody who would say something nice about me, I'd kind of not discount it. I mean, I guess it would make me feel good for a second. And then any review that was mean is the one that would right. really make me feel so, bad. So what's your so solution? I've finally come to terms with the idea that there's no point in me seeking that information out because I don't really believe the good stuff and I give mm-hmm. way too much credence to the bad mm-hmm. stuff. So what's the point? So you don't read them, in other words. Yeah, I don't read them anymore. I, I will say that. that for me, totally, like I, I would, I used to lie to myself and say like I just let it roll off my back, but I would still read it. And now I try right. very hard to just not even go there because I don't want to know because I don't need to. Like, why would I spend that much time digging around for the shitty things people are going to say about right. me versus you know. I don't spend that amount of time focused on what the, you know, nice things people are saying. Right. You know, I just remembered the, the, the thing I forgot. Do you mind if I go back to that? We all agree that, you know, people should say nice things about us only. And if, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, sorry, sorry. I I was trying to transition. Didn't work. Um, so you talked, Reagan, about objectification. I love my gays. You know, do not objectify me, you straight woman, or whatever it is. Okay? This, and this is what I figured out in my head a while ago when I had nothing to think about, is that I realized that that reason is exactly why Lady Gaga and Madonna get under my skin and I just can't fucking stand them. And I think it's because they get these gay men on stage to, that are basically like Cleopatra's slaves that are totally objectified. So what yeah. these both of these women are doing is they're totally objectifying men. And I don't well, know why I never two, realized it's a two-way it. street really because they're equally, you know, objectifying her in a way now who's benefiting obviously she is, but yeah, you know, I, mean, I feel like sometimes what gay men do to women in general is particularly, you know, and some could argue and they have that you absolutely. know drag is sort of the worst, you know, Oh, absolutely. But but I'm just talking about that specific thing. I'm not talking yeah. about the the whole balance of the world thing. I don't think you can compare Lady Gaga and Madonna. And some people may disagree with me, and I'm open to that disagreement. Mm-hmm. But Madonna has always seemed to me – I love Madonna. I mean, I, she's my favorite pop star of all okay. time. But she's always seemed to me somebody who has done things for the gay community – uh, but not in a way that her heart is really invested in it. Kind of what Madge was saying before, she knows what side her bread is buttered. And it's gay men who keep her relevant after all of these years. Whereas I see Lady Gaga, who I don't believe is, um, who I enjoy, but I don't enjoy as much as Madonna. Uh, I see her as somebody who has made a real investment in the gay community and in gay and lesbian activism. And, and not to say Madonna hasn't done those things, but I don't think to the extent that Lady Gaga has. Mm-hmm. But I think that with Lady Gaga, there's a lot of contradictory messages. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing because I celebrate contradiction, but like born this way, mm-hmm. that, that just seemed ridiculous to me where she has these prosthetic horns. And <laughs> is that meant to be ironic? Well, I don't, I don't have, I mean, I certainly would agree that she does lots of great things for the gay community. I mean, and bullying and all that. I'm not denying that at all. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I just think her stage act is very, very much objectifies men and her whole persona does, gay men in particular. And I just uh, don't like it. It annoys me. I'm always curious where the self-awareness is because I would have a much better time or it would be much easier for me to form an opinion about what both of them do because I, like Reagan, I have, you know, I love Madonna and feel a certain affinity for her, her whatever, in a way that I don't for Lady Gaga, although there are parts of Lady Gaga 
especially early on her first album that I, you know, that I found myself liking. And I, you know, As great did that I. she's doing. You know, great that she's doing all these wonderful things. But my curiosity is where the real motivation is. Like, I'd be curious to hear, you know, and you're not going to get this because she's probably not going to be that honest. But, you know, where does this come from, this intention to to do things like anti-bullying? And I know the PR answer that she would give, but I guess it would help me better understand sort of the why she's doing it would allow me to determine whether or not I thought it was. Well, know, I mean, you can read all the interview, interviews with her. And I find she, from the, from what I've read, like her, that vanity fair, you know, I think she's pretty genuine and she's pretty much what you see is what you get. I mean, she is a narcissist. She dresses up all the time. She always wants people to look at her, but I think everything, I haven't found her to be disingenuous at all, mm-hmm. at least according to what I read and what I believe. But I guess um, to me, that's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not like I don't in general, as my attitude towards artists in general is I don't care about what they do behind the scenes. I only care about what their art is and how, if, if I like it or not. And part of the reason I'm like that is because my favorite composer is Richard Wagner, who was a <laughs> anti Semite to the point of mm-hmm. he pretty much inspired Hitler to do a lot of awful things. But I love the music and I have to separate it. And so to me, like if she is loves gay people, I don't, it's nice, but I don't care. It doesn't change the way I feel about her art. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about that on the radio in terms of Michael Jackson, because of the the entire case that, you know, is currently being adjudicated where people are trying to settle his estate and make claims against his estate. And there's Mm -hmm. one guy who claims that he abused him. And, you know, just, a lot of... But only one. Yeah, There's just one. one. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, no, but I'm just talking about Wade Robson. Yeah. and that's the one that I... that okay. was most recent. But, because a lot of... It makes a lot of people uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. What does? Liking his music in the face of that. They think that, you know... I yeah. think people struggle with... Can I like this person's art? Yeah. Even if they're a despicable human being, I just well, there are to deal with that question all the time, Wanda. I do. <laughs> Wanda does. I just view the art as a different enti- entity. You know, like it's like a corporation is a different entity than the chairman of the board. You know, maybe that's a bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I think. I'm interested in how people deal with that. I am so I try to be agnostic about it because I I feel like I'm I would say one thing and then do another. You know, like I would say, "Oh yes, you should not like that person," but I would say that for a person whose art I don't particularly oh, care for, so it doesn't, you know. Did you read um did either of you read Amy Winehouse's biography by her father? No. No. Oh my God, I read it. It is so good. I mean, it's so heartbreaking because you really get to see what kind of a person she was behind all that. You know, because I obviously, as do you, remember all the celebrity, all the tabloid shit that was going on. And here you get a point of view of what was going on. And she was just struggling. All she wanted to do was get sober. And she tried for her whole life. And finally, she just died. She died of alcoholism. She quit drugs like a few years before. She quit alcohol. She just couldn't fucking do it, you know? And, like, to see how that really was for her, and, like, all these people just, eat, you know, chewing on her rotting carcass, you know? <laughs> and I don't know that it was all that relevant to her because she kept herself in her own world, but I don't know. It's like, but, but if you look at that awful stuff that was going on in her personal life, and at the same time how amazingly beautiful her music was, I think you can really see how different those two things are and how separate they are. Or can be. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Brad. Yep. So, how long have you been with your boyfriend? Uh, it was four years in May. Wow, that's a long time. I know. It's like would, ancient and gay years. Would you consider getting married to him? Yeah, and I mean, we we have cert- we're not at the point of like you know talking seriously about it, but it's certainly a possibility now that it was legalized in May. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how. How um, uh, I, living through that experience of like watching it happen, being a part of it, it became a reality in such a way that it has never been like I've never felt that way about marriage 
ever. I'm not a particularly like, oh, I can't wait to get married. And that's never been big on my radar. But just as it played out, as the events of history played out and it happened and it was real, it Mm. really I really started to think very differently because for the first time it was an actual possibility. And it kind of freaked the shit out of me, to be quite honest. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember when the California Supreme Court said that banning gay marriage was uh, a violation of the California Constitution and it allowed gay marriages in California. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly the way that I felt about it. Because I come from a queer theoretical perspective in a lot of my research, which is uh, something that critiques heteronormativity and institutions like marriage. And then when I was suddenly afforded that right, it really made me think like, wow, this changes the trajectory or the possible trajectories of my future. And it was so heartbreaking when Proposition 8 passed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to, to be given that right and then have it taken away, it's so hard to get bend your mind well, that decision, what that it, does to you emotionally. Isn't that decision due like any day now? As early as tomorrow. But yeah. the, most of the people oh. I've read... Uh, say that it's most likely going to happen around the 26th of June, which is right around the same time as a number of gay prides Mm -hmm. around the country, very um, close in time to Stonewall and a a lot of other gay events. And uh, incidentally, they did the uh, Texas sodomy case. They read that and I, which I believe is Lawrence versus Texas, they read that on June 26 as well. Yeah, well, they usually just wait to the last day of the session, like they did with healthcare last year. Um, so, are you going to get? How long have you been with your boyfriend, Reagan? We've been together a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And now, are you are you uh, talking about marriage? Or I mean, obviously, it's not legal at the moment. But have you talked right. about it? Is that something you want to do, or with him, or you don't know yet? Well. I, uh, it, I, it's way too early for us okay. to have a serious conversation about marriage. We don't even live together yet, uh-huh. but I imagine after another year, we'll probably live together. Uh, and I, I think so, because I feel as if I have really found the most amazing man I've ever met. I, mm. I just can't imagine being with another person who is as wonderful as my boyfriend. And, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I, I really feel that way. Is he making, he is, he, you know, you know what Jack Nicholson says in As Good As It Gets when he says, you make me want to be a better man. It, yeah. it goes beyond that. He teaches me how to be a better person. A better by bottom. Example, and you can't ask for more than that. He teaches you to be a better bottom. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Is he doing it right now? No, why do you are a sicko? <laughs> is he making <laughs> is, he is, is he is he making you a green tea smoothie right now? Is that why? <laughs> What is a green tea smoothie? It's just a little inside jab at Auntie Vera because she always used to have her her yeah, husband her man would bring her a smoothie. Always when she does a podcast, her husband magically shows up with a smoothie, and of course she has to mention it. Um, Got it. But um, gosh, you know, I have to tell you the truth, and this is so fucked up. But so we had a, a day uh, last week, I think it was, when you know it. It was down to the last day of the session, and they were, you know, and the big question was, is this gay marriage thing going to come up in front of the House? And, you know, it was a big deal in Illinois. Yeah. And it didn't. Okay. I can't tell you how fucking relieved I was. I know that's wrong, but I'm like, God, I don't, I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready. I'm like, please, I don't want pressure to get married. Well, I will tell you, this is hilarious because this is the first thing where I was like, wait a minute. I'm what what is going on here? Literally, it got passed by it had to go House, Senate and then signed by the governor. We knew it was going to be signed by the governor. The tricky thing we knew if it got to the Senate, it would be fine there. So the tricky thing was the House. So once it passed the House, then everybody knew it was like 90 percent likely going to happen. So when that vote first came down, and this all happened within the span of about 10 days, and when that first vote came down, I, on Thursdays, do a little TV gig uh, at, the ra- at the station. The, the station's owned by the same company that I do radio for. So I do a little weekend thing on Thursday nights, and I walk in, and literally person after person after person was like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? And I was like, calm down. And then I started to get that, like, now I'm like, 
this is how straight people feel when they've been dating someone for a while. Like yeah. That weird pressure. I was like, thank God we're past our childbearing years. And oh, by the way, I don't have a uterus. So I don't have to deal with people's, you know, when are you going to have children? But it is very it was it was very odd to just be in that place. Like I understood why, yeah. but it felt very weird. I just don't want to lose my excuse for hating weddings. <laughs> Cuz I fucking hate them. I only go to the ones that I really want to go to. Oh god, all that clothing and the presents and the dancing. Oh, the dancing. It's terrible. Hey, I can't dance and I can't And here dance they do wedding. dollar dances. Do you guys have dollar dances? What for the strip club? Yeah. No, they do this thing where they, I don't even know how it works really, but basically the bride sits there and takes a bunch of money and you do, I don't know, you do something with dollar bills and basically Mm. she ends up getting a bunch of money for nothing. Yeah, it's called stripping, right? Yes. But like we do it in Minnesota, it's crazy. You know, what's interesting about um, what happened here is, you know, I have uh, two two acquaintances of mine were very involved in this that are, that are state reps that were very involved in this. You know, Sarah Feigenholz, who you know, she's been on the show, and another guy, Greg Harris, who's the sponsor of the bill. Now, everybody was so supportive of them, but as soon as and what happened is they didn't bring it to the vote because they thought they couldn't get enough votes, so they decided to postpone it rather than to get it voted no. But. And the reaction, instead of just disappointment and just a lot of disappointment and sadness, was people were asking for their resignation. People on her Facebook page who are friends with her were writing, you have disappointed us, Sarah. I will never forgive you. Quit your job. I mean, left and right. Wow. Just the most vehement, as if this is the only thing that matters, which kind of brings me to this discussion point I wanted to mention, which is this notion of homo-nationalism, which a friend of mine, I don't know if it's a real thing or what, but my friend Chris brought it up. And homo-nationalists, according to him, are people who basically only vote because of gay marriage or AIDS and other specifically gay issues. And I really felt that that, I really thought that was really apparent in this reaction that I just described. Oh, and it's not just, uh, I'm sorry, Reagan, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, and I've seen, you know, just watching this all play out, there was a period where we didn't know that it was very likely. It seemed, because I will tell you, it came out of nowhere. We were not expecting it. And you'll remember that just last year, we've had to fight off a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage, which thankfully, you know, we were all happy that that was voted down. So not less than a year later, here we are presented with the opportunity because the Democratic Party uh, in our state took over the control of the House and the Senate from the Republicans, all of a sudden the possibility that we could have gay marriage was a, was staring us right in the face. And it all happened very quickly. So, But earlier on in the, the legislative session, there was a lot of doubt as to whether or not this was going to happen. And people were arguing within the gay community and, you know, Lavender Magazine, etc., mm-hmm. back and forth, like we should fight for civil unions first. It's more likely. So you had the prag- pragmatic people and then you had the other people who were like, we just defeated an amendment, calm down. We don't need to, like, stir up so much, you know, we don't need to get everybody all whipped up again. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to watch the different strains of, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, you did have the people, like you mentioned, Richard, that were so vehement, and this must happen, and if it doesn't, yeah. you need to boycott. You need I mean, to we had resign. people threatening to yeah. boycott the gay magazine because they weren't, you know, going along with everything the right. way that they perceived this should be done. Right. Richard, can I ask you a question about France? Yes. Because you live there, and I just, I cannot wrap my brain around the fascist movement, how much traction it has. I, I just can't believe it. <sighs> hmm. It's weird. France is a strange place. I mean, it's a strange, strange place. Now, first of all, what I have to explain to you why your mind is probably boggled by this is that, and I didn't really realize how to the extent to which this is true until I lived there, but what we Americans has part of our national, I don't know, personality is this love and romance and I don't know, fetishization, I need some of Wanda's words, romanticism, you know, of, of France. We, we have this romantic ideal of France. We see it in our movies. It's always the same. You hear the music, you see the beautiful, you know, pan over the city and everything's magical and mystical. That's not real. That <laughs> is just in our minds. 
that's not what France is. That's not what, certainly not what Paris is. It's a real city that's very fucking crowded with a lot of racial tension, a lot of, um, just like here in, like in, a lot of cities here in Chicago being one of them, where in the city it's very liberal, and then outside you have this gigantic donut of just rage and hatred um, towards people like us. And and But mostly it's just so crowded, and people are fucking angry. At least I can only really speak for for Paris, but people are fucking angry. It's crowded. There's they, they are living conditions suck ass. They, you know, it's, just, it's a shit life, in my opinion. And, um, compare, I mean, compared to what we have as Americans in terms of, you know, in terms of like our living space, yes, they have healthcare, which is better. And I love that, but I wish that the healthcare could have, you know, negated the fact that I have to live in a shoebox, but it didn't. Um, hmm. so I think yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know the answer to your question. I really don't, but I'm just saying France isn't what you think it is. Well, I'm getting scared about anti-gay backlash because we're seeing it all over the place now with mm. the, the more success that we have in the judiciary and in the legislative branches of the government and new york seems to be just as bad as france is right now with the number of gay related ha- or anti-gay related hate crimes and anti-gay yeah. murders and stuff and it's terrifying to me zach and i and zach is my boyfriend we were considering going to visit my sister in new york over the summer and my my brother and i finally you know just said i cannot we cannot go like i'm just i cannot go to a city where all of this stuff is happening and i remember in the 1990s when there were a lot of gay bashings and in houston in the montrose area and brad you may remember this as well they had, I forget what they were called, but it was groups of gay men who would walk oh, yeah. in the Montrose area just yeah, to police yeah, the, the uh, area and make sure that patrons of those bars were safe. They would I wear thought, like brightly colored vests. So they were oh like, God. what were they called? I can't, street were they teams. Like I don't, or yeah, something? something like that. No, it's not the, I know what you're, t- I think what you're thinking of are like, remember in New York, they used to have those like, yeah vigilantes basically they wore like red berets and yeah but these they, were pink i swear ones. they called them angels but yeah anyway uh, they were called something i don't remember mm-hmm. can we take uh, this is totally unprofessional but i have to pee really bad can i just go pee yes well brad and i will talk okay yeah okay i really want to hear that pee i want to hear that gold hitting showers. the water golden showers golden sprinkles showers. So it, we're warm. recording on Father's Day, which is so... It, your father passed away, right? Yeah. Yeah, Four, so we're let's both see. members of the Dead Dads Club. I know, it's funny. Every time everybody gets all excited for Father's Day, and I, you know, my first thought is always like, oh, sad. And my daddy's dead. <laughs> my dad. But, but actually, my, my first reaction is to always want to make a sick joke. Like, whenever somebody says, Happy Father's Day, make sure you tell your dad you love him. And then I just want to respond like, I can't because he's dead. He's dead. My dad's in the belly of a dog. What? From Strangers with Candy. You don't oh. remember that when father oh. dies. It's very scary to me. I didn't know what you were doing. Have you seen Strangers? <laughs> You've seen Strangers with Candy, right? The movie, yeah. But I don't no, remember. No, no. The television series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm back. Not like I could not, you know, I don't remember most of the episodes. Richard's father is alive. Oh, yeah. That was a we good just, We were commiserating about our dead fathers. Oh, God. I just, yeah. My, we have issues in that department, but I don't want to uh, talk uh, about it. I don't want to talk about it on here. Okay. <laughs> because, oh. you know, not everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So what do y'all think of <laughs> IO7, ladies? Uh, I I Richard's the obvious one to iOS listen to 7, i have no idea i didn't i usually install the beta i didn't because i have a really good jailbreak jailbreak right now um i installed yeah. it how do you like it uh hmm there the look of it well okay so i have an iphone 5 and then i have an iphone 4 that i use for all of the videos that i play at school okay that way i don't have to carry a bunch of dvds and stuff like that yeah. and um a lot of the cool like a lot of the features on io7 that make the phone pop don't work on uh iphone 4 so the whole parallax i think it's called mm-hmm. uh, the, you know the 3d features and yeah. the moving wallpaper you can and stuff. Tilt. 
yeah, I, I don't have that on the iPhone 4, and I don't want to fuck up my iPhone 5 because this beta evidently is one of the glitchiest betas that they've come out with. But some of the functionality is really cool. I like the photo stuff, how it um, splits it up into moments, and it knows how to do it intuitively just based off of the geo data when you take pictures. Mm-hmm. And I really love the control panel. Control panel is really awesome. That's when you swipe up and you can turn off Bluetooth or Wi-Fi and turn on the flashlight and all that stuff. Flashlight? Ooh. I thought you yeah. said flashlight, like fascist light. So yeah, the fascist light. When I can turn on the fascist light. Do you have a Nazi phone? People, like Wanda. You know, that just made me realize, because you're talking about geodata, and made me think we didn't even talk about all this spying. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, the whistleblower. I've Does been anybody having... care? Does, I mean, I do. Yes. I, I know we do. I'm just saying. Oh, like, out there? It's so shocking to me that it is like nobody, I mean, nobody cares except for a select few of people paying attention. And it makes me sad. I don't don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know that I would make that observation. Not that it's not true, but I tend to surround myself by nobody. Maybe smart people. I don't want to brag, but no, I mean, all my, my whole worldview is based, you know, is limited to Facebook. So I don't know what to say about that. I don't know. I've been getting into debates with my friend Vivika, who, Richard, you know. Sure. And Vivika is socially progressive to a fault. Like, I'm like, girl, just stop posting the political stuff on Twitter and Facebook. Drives me crazy. Like, I hate it when people go that overboard. I think it's important to have an informed decision and to have opinions. But when people turn it into, I don't want to see MSNBC parroting or Fox News parroting, or whatever the case may be on my Facebook and Twitter timeline. I just don't want to see it. And But for whatever reason, this is the one progressive talking point that she has done an about-face on, and she thinks that Bradley Manning and um, what's the other guy's name? Snowden. Snowden, yeah. Edward Snowden. She thinks that they're horrible and that they should be in prison forever, and she just does not get how... Is she a military girl? Nope. Not well. Maybe I don't know. I, I think she's posted some a lot of pro military stuff. I mean, I'm not sure. It would be fun to have her explain that, though. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just rely on that easy sort of response. Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then what's the big deal? Oh my god, that well, makes me so fucking angry. And say if you're not doing anything wrong, then what's the big deal with that information being released? Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's that was my thought all along. Like, the government is ticked off that somebody's releasing private data, that they're collecting private data. I mean, it's just so... Shitloads of it. It's, it's very so circular. Obvious. It begs yes, the like, question. Yeah. What bothers yeah, like, me so why much... Are you so wor- like, why are you so upset that somebody, you know, dug up all up in your private business? Well, the thing is, like... yeah, we should bend over and, right. you know... People say, like, oh, if you have nothing to hide... Everybody, you mean to tell me you have nothing to hide? Then post me a picture, post a picture of you having sex with your husband. You know, po- tell me you, the secret. No, your, but that, tell I mean, me your family that, secret. That is, that tell me what you that they have access. To. I know, don't access do that. Please, I know. Don't do that. I That's what that. I'm saying, though. I'm yeah. saying then, then you know, if you have, if you think not, I have nothing to hide, so therefore it's okay. Then why don't you just post all of your text messages for the past year? Because that's what you're doing. Right. Well, you know, you're opening up everything. What, when the conversation is, when the discussion is very abstract, in the abstract they think, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. But if they knew right. the specific photos that other people, random people in the government, and yeah. I'm also very concerned that it's the government and these corporations that put them into office yeah. working well, in cahoots. Part of the problem, too, is that you have an administration that a lot of people think, well, you know, oh, I'm not so worried about it. Had it been a different administration, they might be, you know, a little bit more vocal about their opposition to this. And that's that's to me the the point. Like, it doesn't matter. Like the fact that the government is doing it, it's I don't care if you trust Barack Obama to do the right thing. He's not going to be there forever. So just thinking. Right. Right. You know, well, that. And, and- Privacy rights are not the question of privacy rights. The question on the table is not, do you have something to hide? That's not what privacy rights are premised upon. It's that I have the choice to share some information with people, but keep 
other bits of information to myself. Right. I, I don't understand why people don't understand a right to privacy is an, a basic human right. I believe it is. I believe it's somebody a human made, right. Uh, somebody said, you know, people might see it a little differently if you said, okay, what about us letting the FBI go door to door and demand to see you know, your phone records and you have to fill out a form and tell them right. who you talked to, what their phone numbers were, how long you talked to them for. They won't hear what you actually said, you know, and then I think yeah. clearly if you put it native. But in see, a- that, that, is, that assertion is incorrect. And let me tell you the part of the assertion that I think is wrong. Um, because when I was having the debate with Vivika, she, she first made the claim that the government is just looking at communication patterns. And that is patently false. The Washington Post has reported that they are collecting pictures. They are collecting yeah. chat logs. Right. They are collecting emails. They are, so it's not, just, um, it's not just like, let me look at your phone. Metadata. Bill. Right. Yeah, well, it, and that's the other thing. If you ask them, are you looking at all this stuff? They'll say no, but, you know, not some few months ago. They said, are you looking at anything? And well, they the, said no. The, the so problem, basically, they can't be trusted ever. The problem is that they, it's up to them. They have the discretion legally. That's the problem. We gave it to them with that fucking Patriot Act. Like, we have to trust our president to be trustworthy and tell the truth? Right. What president's ever going to tell the truth? We don't live in a monarchy yeah. where we trust our These are constitutional rights. Yeah. You know, how can how can people just throw them away? Yet the rights to have guns. Oh no, that we can you can't touch. But here, take take my pictures of everything. That's take what my, seems so ass uh, backwards. Like you you want to make people uh, I don't know, you get uh, that those same conservatives don't get up in arms. Although I do think there's probably a libertarian side of the conservative I, I don't even that, limit it to conservatives cuz my uncle is like that and he's a liberal. No, no, I'm saying I think there's like this weird overlap where you've got, mm-hmm. you know, uh, progressives of a certain hue and libertarian conservatives that probably would agree with each other on this. But, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the mainstream parties on both sides seem to be completely uninterested yeah. in being outraged. You know, I, I wanted to mention this, which kind of ties back to what we were talking about before, Um and the gay the gay marriage thing, which is Tim Miller, who's a performance artist, posted something, and I'm paraphrasing because they don't have it in front of me, but he basically said, I don't give a shit about what you're spying, you know, about who's reading my emails. You know, I don't even have the rights to get married and love who I want. <laughs> and I wrote back and I said, yeah, but, you know, what's the point of gay rights? You know, maybe if you don't have any right, what's the point of equal rights if you don't have any? Yeah, so once, it's like, you, once you get that right, you're not gonna, you're still not yeah. going to have all this other... So you're fighting for equal lack of rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I saw you post something along those mm-hmm. lines, and I like that. It's a good bumper sticker match. Thanks. I you saw know. a bumper sticker yesterday that said, I'm driving so fast because I really have to poop. Oh, that's good. Isn't that a good bumper sticker? Is it a, was was it it a taxi? <laughs> no. Taxi, Cheryl would just poop in a bag. You know that. She'd be pooping while she drove. Yeah. So, what do you think of me being myself instead of Madge? To me, it's not different because this is how I've always seen you. Mm-hmm. I I think I sound much butcher myself. You do. Oh wait, you sound the same to me. Yeah, I know. You sound <laughs> so strung out right now, Wanda. I feel I like do. Yeah, do you go on your radio show this high? She's full of shit. No. <laughs> I feel no. like I'm censoring myself in a good way. Like, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I have to be res- more responsible for what I say. Like, you know, like I can't make as off color jokes as I normally would. But I, well, uh, here's an observation. I, another observation, observation. Uh, yeah. uh, so what made me say, Oh, I want to see if they want to do eat this hot show again was, uh, R- Richard was pa- reposting old episodes of eat this hot show and i was listening to them and i just thought wow this is so it's such a great show Mm -hmm. where we can sit down and have political conversations that normally in the context of my show i couldn't really have yeah because it's such a humor driven show Mm -hmm. and the voice that we bring to these issues is worthy and important and god damn it selexa what was my point? Try, you know, I have the same problem. I just type everything down now. 
I need to do that. I, yeah. It's this freaking antidepressant. One of the reasons you wanted to, us to come back together yeah. to do the show. You were saying how pretty you think I am. Uh, uh, Richard uh, slash Madge was talking <laughs> about how different or the same he sounds or something. You had a poo. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, now I remember. But so, and then I also remember in the earlier shows where we would have so much fun and we we would have serious conversations yeah. but we wouldn't take ourselves so seriously and i think that's such an important balance to strike yeah so i certainly richard don't want you to feel constrained in that way like if if you continue to do richard i still have fun with it I yeah mean, please I, just in, I, basically he wants you to talk about your vagina at some point i feel like yeah. it's an evolution i need to have i mean i have tapes i've i've documented my life pretty much since i can remember and when i look at videotapes from me 15 years ago when i listen to audio tapes from me 20 years ago it's all me talking about the same goddamn shit you know what i mean yeah, the same wow. scatological vaginal humor and i think maybe uh yeah maybe it's not that anything right i mean i have no plans to change yeast radio in that regard at all but i mean for this i thought maybe it would be an evolution that needs to happen, oh, if, if no other reason than because I felt scared of it. It's made it seem like something I need to do. You yeah, know like I mean? try it. Why not? Yeah. Right. Well, and I constantly run, again, run into this thing where people will say to me, are you, is Wanda dead? Are you killing <laughs> off Wanda? Is she gone? Is she never coming back? Have, are you getting rid of her finally? Is she going to be done? Finally. Are you killing Wanda? And it's just like, you know, Wanda can sleep. She can take a nap. Yeah. She's a big girl. She'll be fine. And, you know, I finally got to a place where I felt comfortable. And nobody asked me about this, so I don't know why I'm talking about it. But whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, I finally got to a place with my job where I felt like I had some extra creative time. And, and uh, then I kind of missed Wanda, too. Mm -hmm. She kind of, you know. She made me a little sad. You so don't, you don't miss M. Carol though, do you? No, that yeah. bitch is dead. She done. <laughs> she done. God, I feel like I'm so glad we're back because now that we're back talking, I feel like there's a million things I want to talk about, but we obviously don't have time. <laughs> I know. Well, one of the things because we should be wrapping up, but yes. one of the things that we definitely need to talk about is maybe not in these first few episodes back, but somewhere down the line, we want to include other voices in the show and yeah. i think the consensus and y'all can correct me if i'm speaking out of turn but is that we liked doing the rotating host thing yeah and mm -hmm. um and then another thing that has been kind of on our mind is that because we preach to the choir so often because we have a lot of the same viewpoints it would be cool to have some type of gay conservative voice mm -hmm. and but a, like a really intelligent one mm -hmm. and so if any of you who listen to the show know somebody who would fit that bill it would be great because one of the things that makes eat this hot show interesting is when people disagree on the show and I, yeah. i'd like to have that on you know what i was thinking too is um you were asking about the french thing you know maybe we maybe i could try and find a french homosexual to participate and maybe he could shed some light on that issue i don't know as long as they are not fluent in english i would be totally fine with that no they're fluent sorry oh sorry no, I, that would be great i think it would be okay. really awesome to have somebody in france because every time i see that shit uh -huh. report it i just want to go on twitter and say what the fuck is going on with france well you know part of it i think might be a backlash because they just elected this real socialist uh president who's got a low approval rating and his only pledge really was to make gay marriage legal and he followed through with that so i think part of that you have to see is it's kind of like that obama pressure we have here where yeah. it's like you know yeah. Except well, he's then, really a socialist. And it's very it's going to be very scary. I'm just telling everybody out there who's gay uh, or who might even be mistaken as gay that if the Supreme Court rules in favor of gay marriage, if it's a wider decision, which I don't think it will be, I think that there's going to be some pretty uh, intense backlash that happens as a response. Well, the world's going to keep on moving. Big wheel keep on turning. Proud Mary. That's all I should True. say. True. Can I play the closing theme song now, or do we have to say something else? Well, ladies, it's been real. <laughs>
I real just, white. It's real time white. now, so I'm actually playing it. You'll hear it. When did I? When did Wanda become a racist? By the way, uh, when you st when you uh, when Cheryl and I decided we needed to blame our racism on something other than ourselves. Oh. Yes. Make fun of the white lady. Sure. Yes. I think it's just an inherent trait of Wanda. Well, you're from. And by uh, the way, Brad, yeah. Wanda doesn't sleep. Wanda blacks out. Is that B L A Q U E? Of course. <laughs> Cheryl's gonna be pissed when she finds out I'm being me. What are you fucking doing, Madge? Wait a minute. Oh, the real good. <laughs> Should we Damn, say good. goodbye? I'll say goodbye first. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.